I'm Mel. And I'm Tosh. And welcome to another episode of Mahogany Mammology, an online dialogue pertaining to the concerns and carefree parenting of Black motherhood. This week, our mammologist is Janissa Camille of the Baltimore, D.C. area. The Moms Jeans On Me blogger is also the founder of Mama's Who Brunch, which creates a safe place for moms of all walks of life to network and connect over brunch. Congratulations! Now, you can also nominate a mom today by completing our form on our website. And now, on to the show. All right. Research shows that black women are greater risk than white women of developing and dying from a handful of cancers, including those of the breast, colon, lungs and cervix. The American Cancer Society reports that there are more than 2.8 million breast cancer survivors living in the United States in 2014. From an Ebony Magazine article, according to ACS, Cancer Facts and Figures for African Americans from 2013 to 2014, approximately 27,060 new breast cancer cases were expected to occur among African American women. Breast cancer incident rates are higher among white women than most age groups. However, among younger women under age 40, the morality rate of breast cancer is higher in African Americans than in whites. While October is the month of breast cancer awareness, we will chat with one mom who is not only surviving cancer, but so is her son. Gives us great pleasure to welcome Stephanie Cooksey. Welcome. Welcome. Hello, ladies. Stephanie Cooksey is a native of North Texas and currently lives in Allen. She has been married to Marcus for over 17 years and is the mother of two boys, Cameron and Evan. She began college at the University of Houston and graduated from the University of North Texas, UNT, for those that prefer to use that. <laughs> Stephanie is a mompreneur, 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 if you will, and is currently the COO of LUI Transport LLC, which she started with her husband a couple of years ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Stephanie has a passion for education and spends a major portion of her days volunteering at her son's schools in the PTA and on the school's PTA board. Get it, girl. Mm-hmm. Because of her family's personal experiences with childhood leukemia and breast cancer, they spend most of their volunteer time volunteering and advocating for organizations that support families experiencing the same fight for and for that provide monies for research and for a cure for the treatment of cancer. Stephanie loves to travel with her family and experiences life as the natives, quote unquote, do in the places that they visit. Welcome again. Welcome. Thank you. Let's jump on in. Gosh. Um, let folks can get their tissues ready because it can be a tear Um So tell us, how did you find out about your diagnosis? Well, you know, I found the lump myself. So I always tell women to know yourself and then don't let anyone tell you that uh, you're not correct. So go with your gut feeling and go with it. So I found the lump and because of my age, everyone would say, oh, it's probably nothing. Probably mm. you're too young to have breast cancer, but I knew, even though I had dense breast tissue, that it felt differently this time. But I waited, 
for a little bit. I, I, it was the end of the year. It was busy at school. Uh, by this time, my son had been diagnosed with leukemia. So he oh, was three he years. Was first. He was first. He was three years into treatment. He had one more year. And we were just excited about that being over. So I thought, oh. This could never ha- happen. God would never make both of us have, can- you know, have <laughs> cancer. I just thought it would never happen. So I put it off and I put it off. And even when I went to the doctor, she said, oh, Stephanie, it's probably nothing. You- you're really too young for that, you know, but we'll send you. And so I waited a couple of weeks before I even set up my appointment because I thought, well, the doctor, she says it's probably nothing. It's probably nothing. And uh went in. That day to have my mammogram, and before I could leave, they called me back to mm. do a sonogram. And yeah. as soon as I left there, they called me and said, "You need to get a, you need to uh, go in and have it checked out further." So uh, that was my journey. And even at the point where they, I went to the breast doctor, and they uh, took out the tissue to decide whether it was cancer or not. I'm still thinking that there's no way this is cancer. There is no way. Mm. It, my husband didn't even go back with me to the appointment because that's how sure we were that this could not be cancer. Wow. So oh, I'm sitting in there and the doctor is saying, I think you need to call your, your husband. Oh, <laughs> dog. Oh, my God. Yes. So I had to call him. Wow. She said, because really, you want someone here with you. No pressure. Now, no that, pressure. I, now that I put that statement out there, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, what's why? Yeah. So he came down and um, she explained that it is cancer. But, you know, it was early, early stages of cancer, stage one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she explained my options, uh, which were uh, she thought that just having a lumpectomy would be fine. I wouldn't have to have my breasts removed or anything and just have uh, a few rounds of chemo. And um, and then she thought in radiation and she thought I would be just as well as if I had a, a mastectomy. So okay. we went with that. So do you have a family history of breast cancer? No family history. Okay. So it is an environmental cancer and it's hormone induced. Now, why do you say it's environmental yeah. for those that don't understand perhaps the difference? So it's not something that uh, genetic. Mm-hmm. So it's not genetic. It's something that's on the outside. They don't know what causes it. So they have no idea what in the environment may cause it because there are so many things that we do each day or our cell phones or things that we come in contact with that may cause cancer. So they can't say what caused it, but it's not genetic. Interesting. Interesting. Because when we hear about breast cancer or, you know, survivors of breast cancer, it is a genetic, it is a family link Mm -hmm. as well. So um, this is very intriguing that there are, while I understand that there are environmental factors that can cause cancer, like I think the warning signs that they always put on everything. Exactly. But to actually feel like, oh my God, this, like this hit me, like this truly, you know, well, in your sense, like this is this is real, like yes. you know. So you, you originally you were talking about, well, you didn't have to, like you guys didn't feel like it could have been cancer, right? Um, what age were you? Because it sounded like, it, like, um, um, what do you call the exam? The um, breast a exam. mammogram. Thank you. The mammogram. It didn't seem like you guys needed to do that because you found the lump, and people were saying it was too early on. Like, what age? Man, well, I was 
it, I was 41, okay. 42, so I was old enough to have a mammogram. But okay. most most people don't get cancer until they're in their 50s. You know, you're not at high risk for cancer. Most Unless of the time. it's a family. Unless, Unless it's, it's a family. It's a family. History, right. History. So that's why they said that you're too young. It's probably not cancer. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, why is your doctor just shooing this off? That, you was, know, my, like, that was my next question. Yeah. yeah. Did she? She just, because... I've met so many women, black women in my journey who have had the same thing. They've been in their 30s. And before they actually were treated, they had stage four cancer. But the doctors would tell them, you're too young. You're too young. And and they would go back because they were having symptoms. But they kept saying, no, you're too young. You're too young. So it's not it can't be cancer. It has to be something else. So advocate for your body. You have to advocate for yourself. And that's what I've learned in this journey for sure. You have to advocate for yourself. Mm, mm, mm. So I didn't know that your son was diagnosed first before you. Do you mind talking about how your son was diagnosed? Well, he was in the third grade. We were actually on vacation in Florida, and he wasn't feeling well. And we thought, oh, he's just being a typical kid. He doesn't want to go out and do anything. He's being very lethargic. Everything is just getting on his nerves. But he had a slight fever, and uh, it wasn't like it was like 99.6, nothing high. And he had like a bruise on his leg. Mm-hmm. So when we got back, uh, I waited a couple of days, and his gum started bleeding. And thankfully, when I took him to uh, the pediatrician, there was actually a guest pediatrician and she was substituting for someone else. And she said, I'm going to do a blood test, which is not normal. That's not normal that they'll do that on a kid. Yeah. So they did a blood test. She called me uh, probably an hour later and she said, go to the hospital and do not have an accident. Wow. Again with these statements, <laughs> yo. And I'm like, what? And so I put the boys in the car and we headed to the children's in Plano and I'm praying all the way. I called my husband, my mom, like, meet me at the hospital. They told me, they didn't tell me what's wrong, but they just said, don't have an accident. <laughs> so those well, are the yeah. words. But you know what? In all fairness, I'm glad that they did, you know, they'd yeah. rather say that mm-hmm. than actually tell you. Yeah. And then you have to go to the hospital because yeah. you, you're not in well, the right state Well, they also don't want to misdiagnose it. Yeah. And that's that's true. Either, either and get yeah. you all worked up instead that's of, you know, they can just, you know, have someone mm-hmm. there to calm you guys down. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it was. So I, I wasn't sure. I was still upset. Was trying not to show anything for the kids when we got there. It was a scary Scary time. Uh, they did come in and confirm, you know, it is leukemia, but it's he had um, ALL leukemia, which they say is if you're going to get cancer, that's the one you want to get. So, okay. It's like that's an easier right. one. Easier one to treat. Oh, okay. okay. Easier one to treat. Uh, and he was at an age where uh, he wouldn't have his. Uh, many symptoms with it. So he was at a good age. He wasn't too young where it would cause much brain damage from like the chemo and he wasn't too old too. So he'd have more physical problems. So he was at a perfect age, they said. I don't know how you can say that. Relative, right. Relative, but the perfect age, the best uh, one you can get. So, and they said he had it probably two weeks, which was amazing. So I am blessed Talk about some on-point diagnosis. Right. And so, 
Cool. Shout out to that guest pediatrician. Yes. Okay. Okay. Was like, you get the shout out. You know, <laughs> she's like my fairy godmother. She wasn't For there real? after there, and yeah. she, she I haven't seen her anymore. Are you oh, serious? So serious. She she was not there, and she just was there for like a couple of days I guess and I she never saw her again and, and she slid, slid out she was there when I needed her she was the for perfect real, one for real for oh, real wow that is yeah god um how was like the day in and day out like after diagnosis and this could you know you can relate it to what you went through what your son went through like what what was that like did your husband take off time I, I'm just kind of curious or did, were you just kind of left all to handle <laughs> well these. when my son was diagnosed he did take off a you know like a week or so because uh, my husband oh, uh, my son was in the hospital for two weeks for two weeks straight and so we didn't come home after that day we were in and we didn't come home mm-hmm. so we needed someone I had a younger son Evan his five he was five at the time mm-hmm. so we had to get someone over to spend the night with him or you know take turns my husband would go home and spend the night with him so it was it was hard on on the entire family uh Evan especially because he didn't understand what was going on, sure. and we and I couldn't leave Cameron at the hospital, so it was a a hard journey. But I'll tell you this: me seeing Cameron and meeting those kids that we came in contact with. If I hadn't met them, I don't think I could have survived like I did through my breast cancer. Because before him, I had never known anyone who survived cancer, never. So, like. Uh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, two years before my father passed yeah. away with cancer, and like a year before that, my uh, father-in-law, they he had passed away with cancer. So we're, you know, since we've been back in Texas, we've just had yeah. sickness. <laughs> but oh, God. Yeah. Those kids were so brave, and, you know, they just want to be regular, and they don't want to stop living or doing what all the other kids are doing. So it was very inspiring. So when I got cancer, I knew I couldn't stop. So I didn't stop. Mm -hmm. I volunteered on the board. I mean, I did everything. I just put my wig on and kept going. (laughs) 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 I love it. I know that's right. How was the family support? Did your family like fly in? Like, did people kind of like change their their livelihood to go? You know what? Let's let's jump in and be with the family. Well, you because you said your mom is here. Yeah, my mom is here. here. Okay, my mom would come and stay with Evan, or you know anything that I needed her to do. And uh, my sister-in-law would come out and spend the night if she had to. So we had family support. And then just the neighbors, they would set up to bring me food. Yeah. That's nice. Yes. So And Mocha Moms, they helped. They brought Uh food, too. So uh, just a community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you really need it. I'm not a person who would ask for that, but it was needed and appreciated, Mm -hmm. for sure. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. So, well, talk to me. How do you balance being a survivor and a caretaker to yeah. it? Uh, it is hard. Yeah. So, my advice is to ask for help. Ask for help with cleaning and, and taking care of the kids. So, having small kids, they need your attention. And they don't really understand that you're sick and tired and, mm-hmm. and you don't, you really feel like it. So, um you should ask for help. Have someone get the kids. Don't feel guilty about it. So that was the hard thing, just trying to balance homework and um, being tired and cooking and cleaning and, mm-hmm. you know, 
no one at home is giving you a break. Right. You still yeah. have to be mom. Right. And and wife and everything else. Which kind of leads me to my next question then. With with all this going on, what was the hardest kind of self-realization you had while with the diagnosis, with your son's diagnosis of cancer, with your diagnosis of cancer? What is the hardest thing you've encountered since? Since you... I think the hardest thing is peace of mind. You never have peace of mind again. So mm. anytime you're sick or anytime something's going on, your your mind goes straight to there. Is it cancer again? Oh, wow. Could I be sick? So cancer strips you of the peace of mind for sure. Is there any way or anything you can do to kind of comfort or just... Make try to lessen the 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 constant, you know, worry or anything that you do for that. Just time. So as time goes on, you get more comfortable. So a cold isn't, you know, cancer, and so mm-hmm. you can have a cold or allergies or have a pain and and not jump there. So it's just time. Okay. So okay. I guess time heals all wounds. That's what they say. And just as the cliche says, as the cliche yeah, says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. it's true. Yeah, true. Okay. Yeah, and then just trying to find out who you are post all those things you've been fighting for so long. Now you have to settle down and who am I? Who are you? Who am I? And I'm still trying to figure that okay, out. Okay, that, I mean that was a legit question. Like, who were you? Are work, you? Were you like full time working at the time, and then had to take, you know leave work altogether because of your son or because of your diagnosis? No, thankfully I was at home. Okay. So I did like a lot of couples they had to change everything. Like mm-hmm. someone would have to quit working to be the full-time caretaker. So I didn't have that problem. We had good insurance, which was another thing. That's a blessing. They didn't question anything. We didn't have to wait for treatment, surgery, hospital stays. They did, there was never a question about should we do this? Should should we not do this? I mean, even the pharmacy would call me, isn't it time for you to fulfill your prescriptions again? I mean, because they're getting so much money. So yeah. just having mm. a good insurance was a blessing because some people don't and you have to make choices. Oh, yes. And yes. it's expensive. Yes. I was recently, oh, side note, but I was just listening to an NPR um, segment and they were talking about uh, care flights mm-hmm. and how the use literally one care flight can make or break uh, family um, debt basically yeah. because there's no cap on that oh. there's no cap on that so I'm just just to kind of circum- bring it back is just like being that you had great insurance yes. you know th- and thankfully you didn't have to care flight you know anything yeah. that just having having decent insurance. I can't even say if you have good insurance, that's like Alexis. That's luxury. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can do that. Just to have decent insurance can give you a peace of mind that it doesn't that you won't have an extra stress of um, debt on top of trying to care for your kid. That's that's the only point I was trying to make with that. No, but, no. But yeah. it's good to look into what your benefits are. And, mm-hmm. um, you never know. Yeah. Our, our two-week stay was $250,000. I, I believe it. Yes. And that ain't even treatment. That wasn't even no. treatment. <laughs> that's just and, the and stay. And so then we were out for three days and went back for two more <laughs> weeks. So <laughs> can you imagine that, Bill? My goodness. I believe, and that ain't even chemo or radiation. 
well, what what type of package was this? I mean, I need to know. Not that I'm like trying to, you know, have cancer, but it's yeah. just like, you know, these are things that people need to look at. Like that make or that break make, family. Yeah. You know what I mean? It family family. Well, this is clearly a PPO situation. <laughs> it, it was PPO. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah so I'm not, like, folks out there ne- like neither here nor there, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Chimo people. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know but no, I mean, especially this is like a Roman time as well, too, as we have this discussion. Mm-hmm. And people need to take a look at, you know, making sure everyone's insured and not properly, properly, properly insured. That's and, the key word. And properly like you said, insured. advocating, you know, if you feel something different or your kid's not looking right, not their normal self, then you you got to push for what the doctors are saying or ask for a second opinion ask for a second opinion yes. I was going to say because if you push for the doctor the doctor might shoo you to the yeah. side yeah. you yeah. know it may Definitely. not so yeah, you know when you're not feeling yourself or your kid you know when something's wrong yeah. and that's why yeah. you keep going back yeah exactly mm-hmm. exactly so with all of this going on did you ever think about seeking out support groups care- dedicated to cancer survivors of color or even for your children uh, cancer um, children who are cancer survivors did you did you seek out support groups so I uh, am in a support group not for women of color but just one through the hospital it's been great the nurse that uh, uh, helped me out during my treatment time or surgery time she was a great lady uh, so I I go I haven't been in a while because when you try to get your life back together you just don't have time to to meet every Wednesday but it was a great help okay it mm-hmm. was so it was a place that you could go and talk to other people who are going through some of the same things or having some of the same aches and pains or mm-hmm. uh, problems or thoughts that you're having and mm-hmm. so it, I I would suggest that anyone go and they seek help like that for sure for a support group do they have things for kids I was gonna ask that question so not through the hospital like we have a group of friends that we met so but he goes to camp every year he still goes to camp so they have a camp every year and he went this past summer he'll graduate out next year because I think you have to when you're 15 you graduate out but he meets friends and and then there are kids there and you know, no one's questioning why they're bald or they don't have a leg or why they, you know, have tubes oh. or, you know, they, they can be free there. Yes. So it's a wonderful camp. And it's through Children's Hospital. They do it every year. Okay. So that is that is a support. It's then. a support yeah. group. So. You know, it's a support camp. It's a support camp. Okay. Nice. Yeah, that is kind of cool, actually. Yeah. What types of things do you recommend that um, parents should do for their children when they're in the situation of of dealing with the can or any type of cancer, what types of questions should they be asking their provider, their doctor about treatment? You know, what if you I mean, not that I'm saying you should ever have to go back through this ever again, but is there something you've learned now that you wish you had known then, I guess? Is- so my biggest thing is people of color, they don't do research on people of color. Shh. Oh, the doctors don't. The doctors. So the medicines that they are giving us have not been tested on us. And I understand why, because they ask me, do you want the regular treatment or do you want, uh, uh, you know, you want to be, have the test treatment? And I'm like, I'm thinking back Whatever in history. Whatever that's going to Yes, uh, that's right. I'm thinking back in history and saying, no, give me what you, you tested. Okay, yeah. okay. I don't want to be the test, though. Not on my kid. Right, no. But, but because of that, uh, 
they don't really know how the medicines will react with our kids. Which mm. goes back to my opening statement. Mm-hmm. To me, to me is a disconnect. Breast cancer affects black uh, women mm-hmm. at a very high rate. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I don't I'm not understanding or grasping why they're not doing research for medications and see how that affects black women or people of color, I should say. Because we have to be in those organizations and we have to be giving money to those organizations. And if we're not doing that, we're not going to be heard or seen or <laughs> cured. So that is that is my opinion. But you also touched on another opinion, being that we don't want to be uh, guinea pigs. We don't want to be guinea pigs. I mean... Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Rightfully you know, so. What, what was that um, lady's name? Um, Hila? Yes. I was just thinking about her this morning. I don't know why I dreamt about the Henrietta Laxa cells. Don't ask. I don't know what I had the night before. <laughs> because, oh, really? But, yeah, yeah I, I was dreaming about that in, the, in, the, in her book. Anyway, but yeah, you don't... You don't know. Yeah. You don't know. And you don't know whether to trust them or not. You, you just don't know. Yeah, I mean, of course, medical care and African-Americans, it's a, it's a complex right. relationship historically. So I get that why they don't, we don't want to be, you know, guinea pigs. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we can't be on the board of right. American Cancer Society mm-hmm. or something. Right, or something be so. researchers. We or, need more black researchers. Yeah, you so, right. With that, so I have friends who are of Indian descent. Mm-hmm. They were having the same problem, so I don't know if it's oh. our skin pigment. As far what do you, as what do you, what, what, what do you mean? Yeah, by like, what problems were they encountering? Well, when they're given the, they were given the regular dose. You know the uh, specific dose that everyone should have, but our livers were uh, metabolizing it differently. So oh, okay. we, my son couldn't get on the full dose for the whole time, and yeah. they couldn't. It would make them so sick, yeah, because yeah. it metabolized it differently. Oh and so, but when I look around now, there are more of them on the boards. There are more researchers everywhere, and I don't see our faces, which well, I would love to see more of our faces. Well, moms encourage your kids, yes, to be clinical researchers. Mm-hmm. If you want them, you know, we want PhDs. PhDs and MDs can go and... Re- Let me get off my soapbox. <laughs> but you don't need to have either one. You actually can have a master's. Or Let me get off. Okay. Now, you've been a survivor for... For... It's uh, four years. Really? It has. The time is flying by. Let me... I'm like, I'm, sur- I'm like, really? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And your son's okay. been a survivor then there for about seven, four, years. four years as well. Yeah, we ended our treatment at the same time. So, oh, he, had so special. he had a year left. And when I found out I was diagnosed, then I had a year of treatment. And so we finished around the same time. That is beautiful. And had a big trip to Turks and Caicos and hey stayed now. three weeks and had a hey. good time. <laughs> and that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Did you guys, to celebrate. Yeah. did y'all bond over... Kind of the chemo treatment and radiation and all that. We did because he would say, okay, mom, you need to do this. Or okay. he, he was trying to be strong for me. Like he said, <sighs> I had been strong for him. So it was, it was, I'm all, I would be crying. Except I think I'm, I'm all cried out. Oh. <laughs> 
this is a time of year like we we oh. go and we get our checkups again, so it's all flooding oh. back. So I'm, I'm, you know, we're dealing with the effects of the chemo yes. and all that stuff. So, and there are effects of the chemo. I I call it chemo is the biggest oxymoron. I mean, it helps you and kills other things at the same time. What, if you don't mind sharing, what kind of side effects are you having? So. Some neurological, I think, you know, just being able to focus in class and he missed like a year of school. So just trying to get back on track and it's it's hard. So, yeah, yeah. But you would never know it by talking with him or looking at him, I will say. Yeah. I mean, he has never complained. Yeah. He never complained He's always smiling. Because kids are incredible. They Mm -hmm. are incredible. Look at me. I love me some kids. <laughs> oh no. Oh goodness. I know stop. you have tissues. Get your tissues. <laughs> fine. I'm fine. <laughs> what what are some other like, you know, I guess the good side of it. What not you're being a survivor and all. What's some of the things that has come that in a good way? now well i've met people that we would have never met like from all walks of life all races all rich poor we've come together bonding over this one issue and we're really good friends now and we would have never met before and so we support each other's kids and, Mm -hmm. and support each other and that's one of the biggest things so some of my closest friends have come out of this tragedy wow yeah. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. That is. And I think moms should rule the world. Like, of course. <laughs> I've seen moms pull miracles out of I mean, they will chase down a doctor and get I mean, moms, we would have this world straight if we could just run it and come together. <laughs> we would have it straight. Can you let can you let the other gender know about that though? I, don't think, I think they do Uh-oh. know, they, they just do don't want that's what they're afraid <laughs> they, of. That's, no, no, that's a whole of. different conversation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Too much yeah. like right, as yes. they say, right? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. Are there um, certain organizations that you are more fond, I wouldn't say fond, or more maybe you have aligned yourself with at this time, you know, along with the breast cancer, along with leukemia cancer that folks should maybe look into and um, also help and support? Well, one of my favorites is Wipeout Kids Cancer. And they uh, provide funds for research and and for cancers, childhood cancers. And also they, uh, how we met them, uh, Cameron was an ambassador. So they take about eight families a year and they provide them time to just spend time together and do fun things and not Mm. think about cancer. So we had camping trips. We did like a circus just for our kids and our family. And it was a time to just get away and not think about the daily medicines and everything that you have to take and not being in school or you don't have everyone. No one has hair. So you're not even thinking about that. Mm -hmm. So they are one of the greatest organizations that I've found. Mm. Are they nationwide? They are national. Okay. What okay. it's just so I I will make sure it's in the show sure, notes for yes, sure definitely okay cool and, nationwide. Hmm. and then what's one of your favorites um that helped you let me see uh, so I I haven't really joined any organizations for okay. Uh, breast okay. cancer and that's yeah. okay so okay. Yeah. yeah that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I know there's numerous walks and stuff yeah, that'll be yeah. taking place. I do the walks and, I, yeah. you know, anytime I meet someone or if I have a chance to just encourage someone. Because what I needed, I wanted to see someone doing well. I don't want to hear about your 
aunt who had cancer and died. I want to hear about your aunt who survived. And right, she, right. She's running the world right now, you know. Because <laughs> like you mentioned, the people that you've met, you have not met a survivor. That's right, what you were saying. Before my before, son. Before, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, that's and, what I'm running a business now. Yes, I'm ma'am. running a business and trying to figure out what else I'm going to do. Like what? What has God put me left me here for? And mm-hmm. I need to figure it out. And I'm going to do it. Yeah, I love it. Yes. What are three words of advice or three sentences of advice for moms who are going through cancer for either themselves um, or maybe they are raising someone with cancer? I would say never doubt yourself. Always go with your instinct. It doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. Things will always get better. It, it seems bleak, mm-hmm. but it will get better. And it doesn't seem like that. And mm-hmm. I, in the beginning, you, you can't see the end, hmm. but it gets better. Okay. That's beautiful. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for sharing your experiences with us Um We hope this episode can serve as a support or really an introduction um, into emotional, psychological, and unknowns um, after initial diagnosis. We definitely appreciate you sharing your story, your son's story, your family's story, and just encouraging everyone. Thank you. And like we always mention, our topics just scratch the surface of, like Mel was mentioning, the emotional, the psychological, whole encompassing, you know, experience of that initial diagnosis of cancer. So, you know, this is not this uh, we hope like we like Mel mentioned just serves mm-hmm. as as if anything to, more of an awareness, you know, for those who for those listeners out there who, you know, are just overwhelmed with emotion. They're yeah. not alone. They're not alone. You're not alone. We have our guest here, a wonderful guest here, just talking about yeah, her you. and her son's experience with the diagnosis of cancer. So thank you very much for coming on. We appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Well, starting this month, we will start featuring a Black Moms group for you to check out. You are welcome to email us at mahoganymomology at gmail.com if you would like us to feature your organization. This week, we want to highlight the Sisters Network. They are a national African-American breast cancer survivorship organization committed to increasing local and national attention to the the devastating impact that breast cancer has in the African-American community. Check out our show notes for for where you can find them in your neck of the woods. Absolutely. Please check out additional resources and links in our show notes as well as organizations where you can find out more information about our topics and bios of our guest speakers. We ask that you rate and review this and other episodes or send us an email at mahoganymomology.com. Then continue our conversation via Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. Until next time, I'm Tosh. And I'm Mel. And we thank you for listening to Mahogany Mammology. Bye-bye.